Welcome to Just Beat Us, the podcast about the real side of living with type 1 every day. Your hosts are Millie and Jeline. This podcast is for anyone who wants to commiserate, swap war stories, and build a community of support around Just Beat Us. Um, what else diabetes 101 facts do we have? Um, common questions, misconceptions, things yeah. that annoy you that people ask you all yeah. the time. So I think the big one for probably both of us is like the whole type one, type two differentiation or general lack thereof in society. So, um, type two diabetes is insulin resistance. So if you have type two diabetes, your pancreas is still producing insulin it just doesn't work as effectively as it's intended to. Um, and so there's a bunch of ways to treat that. There's oral medi- medications you can take. Even losing weight typically will improve your insulin resistance. So diet and exercise can be a factor. Um, so there's, and then, you know, depending on a certain level, you can also take insulin so that there's more in your bloodstream so that it then works more effectively. So like management of it, is kind of a whole different ball game um, versus us who we have to take insulin no matter what. I'll need to take insulin every day of my life for the rest of my life or else I will die. Um, and I mean, they're two, they have the same symptoms generally, but they're two very different diseases and they're called the same thing. <laughs> they're called diabetes and they're two totally different things. So it's not, I don't think it's anyone's fault that it's confusing, but I just know like, my management since I've been 10 is a lot different from, um, you know, people who get diabetes later in life, type two diabetes later in life. Like that stranger that was talking about their grandmother. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, and that, I mean, you hear a lot of that and I get it. People are trying to relate to you, but it's just different. And I think acknowledging that it's different, I make a point to always say I have type one and that's nothing against type two. I just think it's a completely different experience. I think it's really important to differentiate also. Um, my friend whose daughter has type one, I had talked about in a previous episode. Um, her husband and I were actually talking about it one time and we were like having this huge conversation about why is type one diabetes called diabetes? Like it should be called like, (laughs) pancreatic disorder of something like because you think diabetes you think again like I'm not I I don't want to stereotype I don't want to be judging like I'm not saying type 2 is easier than type 1 but again like you said they're just very different and I think when people think type 2 they automatically think like oh well were you overweight and were you you know did you did you eat a lot of bad food when you were a kid and they attribute it to that. And it just, I feel like I almost have to like get defensive in a way. It's like, I'm defending myself, but I didn't do anything. Right. Well, and I think that's the biggest thing for me is like, none of this is our fault. You know, like it just randomly happened. They literally don't know what causes it with type two it is more commonly attributed to lifestyle. So things like diet and exercise and weight, but there are also people who have type two diabetes that weigh 90 pounds and exercise all the time. Like, you know, neither of them should necessarily be considered anyone's fault, 
But with type one, it's literally just like this random thing right. that happens in your body. And then you don't have insulin for the rest of your life. Like sucks to be you <laughs> deal with it, you know? Um, and there's no amount of diet and exercise that could make me go off my insulin, you know, like there's just no willing that away. Um, right. So like, what would you say to someone? Cause I feel like I've had people ask, say to me, say, or ask like, you know, why don't you just not eat carbs? Like, why don't you just stay low carb? Right. Which I've tried before. <laughs> and I will be honest, it was way easier to manage my blood sugars when I just didn't eat carbs. But also I live in the world. Like <laughs> I live in a world where so much of life is about eating socially. And I mean, I think people who can do it and stick to that, like God bless them. Like that's amazing. But I also am a human, you know, like, and I want to eat what I want to eat. And you have to pick something that's sustainable for you. Um, and also, even if I didn't eat carbs, I'd still have to wear an insulin pump. You know, like I still need a base amount of insulin. Um, and I guess that's like a diabetes one-on-one fact is like, yes. even if you don't eat anything, your blood sugar will still generally trend up. So you always need to have insulin. Like you always need to have this baseline. Um, well, when you were talking about baseline, I was going to say, do you want to kind of, like we take insulin and there's two types of dosing that we take. Oh yeah. Right. So there's a basal insulin and then there's a bolus amount. Do you want to touch on what a basal rate for insulin would be for someone who's type one? Yeah. Where our doc, we go to appointments and our doctors adjust our basal rate of insulin. Yeah. So basal is basically like baseline. Exactly. Um, so it's a continuous infusion of insulin. So on my insulin pump, I basically can go in and say, okay, in this hour, I want to take a unit of insulin and just like set it for the whole hour and it just releases. And I do that over a 24 hour period. So I have these predefined basal rates. So like midnight to 8am, I get a certain amount, um, 8am to noon, I get a certain amount and you can adjust them so that it peaks throughout the day to match sort of like your activity level. Um, and that is something that takes tweaking and you can set up different basal rates. It, it's basically set up on like a 24 hour period, but you can set up a different like weekend day versus weekday because your, your routine might be totally different. So that's like something that is constantly going into you regardless of whether you take any action. It's just automatic. Um, and that's how it works on an insulin pump. If you're on injections, which is what I did when I um, was first diagnosed, you'll typically take what's called a long-acting insulin. Um, so that's basically the same thing as a basal rate where I take one shot in the morning and one shot at night, and it lasts 12 hours, and it has a certain peak throughout the day. Um, you've probably seen insulin commercials on mm. TV, which is weird that they do that, but like... There's a bunch of different types. So you can get a 24-hour type or you can get a 12-hour type. Like there's different ways that you can treat it if you're taking injections. Um, but with the pump, it's like just these short little bursts that go out throughout the day so that mm -hmm. you don't have to think about that sort of background amount of insulin that you need. Yeah, I think with the pump, you can be much more meticulous with the basal rates as kind of letting it like slow release, like kind of what your pancreas would do as opposed to like giving um, like a condensed, huge injection yeah, like all a at big the same dose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you want to describe bolusing? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
yes. So bolus rates. Um, so that is what you take when you are going to eat carbs or um, when you correct um, a high blood sugar. It's like those bursts of insulin that if you're not diabetic, you have a baseline of insulin. And every time you eat, your pancreas automatically releases the amount of insulin needed to break down the sugar and carbs from what you just ate so that your body can use it for energy and it doesn't just sit in your blood as sugar. Yeah. Is that make you feel like shit? Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, that is correct. <laughs> so we have to also control our bolus amounts of little bursts of insulin when we eat or when we're running high. And that's also something that gets tweaked often in different times of the day. And we have what is called insulin to carb ratios. Um, and that's something that gets figured out over time, sort of. <laughs> and changes over time, <laughs> yeah. depending on how your body changes. Right. So like when I was diagnosed, I took one unit of insulin per every 15 carbs that I ate. So I like got really good at doing multiples of 15 in my head because I would need to divide that and give myself insulin when I was eating. Um, now that I have put on some weight <laughs> and my body is bigger and needs more insulin, uh, my insulin to carb ratio is one to 10. And yeah, I'll go to my endocrinologist and she'll say, I don't know, when you eat lunch, you're t like tending to be high after. So maybe your lunchtime rate should really be one to eight. So that's like the game that you have to play. Yeah. It can change the time of day. It can change yeah. over time. I'm super, super sensitive to insulin in the early morning, like from 4 a.m. to like 9 a.m. I mean, I plummet without even correcting. And yeah. I was showing you <laughs> on my on my Dexcom earlier. I'm like, Ugh. And it's like we change those rates constantly and still like... 5.35 a.m. seems to be the time that I wake up and it's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like, oh, yep, I'm probably in the 50s. Maybe you should just get up at 5.30 every day. Maybe Ugh. it's your body signaling that you want to get up and be productive. <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect answer. Yeah, so those are the two main types of insulin dosing that we do. We have our basal rate, which is that ongoing um, and then the bolus, which are the bigger like, doses that like we take. the bursts when we, right. when we're eat, when we eat meals or yeah. snacks. Exactly. Or correct, which if you have a high blood sugar, you also have a correction factor. So that would be like your insulin to correction rate. So you have to know what that is too. Like just, how much does one unit drop your blood sugar? Which again, when I started out, when I was diagnosed at 10, I was one to 70. So if I took wow. one unit of insulin, I'd go down 70 points. So I could just... Damn. Yeah, I know, right? I wish. <laughs> and now I think mine's one to 40 or one to 35. Yeah, mine's, mine's definitely like... I have different ones for different times of the day, but I think they're all generally like in the 40s, maybe except for that early morning time is mm -hmm. like in the 30s, which I'm not... Or wait, yeah. No, if it's higher... If it's one to 50, one unit drops you 50, 50 something. Yeah. Okay, so it would be higher in the mo early morning you're because more it sensitive. takes less. Yeah. yeah. See, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah, and people vary so much. So, like, I'm in a couple forums, and, you know, people will take 100 units 
of their long acting insulin. Whereas I take like 30 per day, you know, and it, it's not a reflection on how good your diabetes is or how bad your diabetes is. It's just like, what does your body need? There's no right answer. You just have to figure it out for yourself. Um, and I think that's where we kind of our own science experiment because it's like, oh, I did this. What did it do? I did this. What did it do? And we can rely on our care management teams to help us out with that. But like, it's literally every minute of every day. And so you have to make your own decisions and you have to figure out your own body. And even you can get as comfortable as like possible with your body. And still the next day, it's going to be something Mm -hmm. totally bonkers and different, you know? So that's the, that's the adventure. Well, I think I'm literally getting my period in like a week and I've been coasting in the low to mid 200s for like five hours. Yeah. When normally I'll correct and in an hour I can trend down. I'm not trending down. And that's where you, I, I tend to use the term rage bolus, which is when I've been running high and I bolus and it doesn't come down and I bolus and it doesn't come down and then I go, I'm going to take like 10 units. <laughs> Like, it's not working. And then it all hits all at once. Yeah. Um, So that's that's another diabetes one-on-one term for you. Rage bolus. Mm -hmm. You'll definitely hear that from your doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think of, like, what other main points we have. Oh, do you have other, like, pet peeves or misconceptions that you encounter out there? I mean, I wear my devices on my arms, typically, And so I definitely do get a lot of questions, which that's kind of a, if I didn't want to be answering the questions, if I didn't want to get annoyed, like, why don't I just wear them on my stomach or wear it on my leg or hide them? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind of welcoming the questions and sometimes the questions, um, come off totally ignorant. And I, I mean, I'm not saying that people intend to be that way or come off being that way, but like. I mean, strangers will tap it and touch it and, like, jiggle my arm. And it's like, oh, what's that patch? Like, you're not smoking? Like, oh. And then, like, I've been asked if it's birth control. And then mm-hmm. once I try to explain once I try to explain what it is, I think people have a tendency. People ask questions, but they don't listen to the answer. And I think that's, like, in life in general. But that's, you know, yeah. I, I could get real deep on that. But, like... <laughs> People ask questions and they ask the questions and they don't listen to the answer. Yes. So I'll be, you know, trying to give my little diabetes one-on-one. Like I'm always identifying it as type one. I never just say diabetes and I always use the word autoimmune and try to explain that. And then it's like, oh yeah, like, you know, I, I used, I took care of my grandfather and, um, he, he had the same thing and I had to give him shots. Like, yeah, my grandmother had diabetes too, but it was type two. And she took one shot a day and checked her blood sugar once a day. It was like once in the morning and that, you know, set the tone for the day. And then also just like, again, feeling like I'm defending myself. I, I don't know. And that's been more recent. Like I felt like when I first started wearing my devices on my arm, it was like super empowering. And I felt like, yes, ask me. Yeah. I like, I want to tell you about this so that you know, but lately it's definitely like, I mean, I don't know if I'm going through some type of burnout at the moment with just like the devices, but I'm just like, Ugh, no, it's not the same. Right. And I'm like getting a little less 
like I'm losing my patience and I'm getting defensive because I feel like I, I have to be because again, people don't really listen to the autoimmune part. They're just kind of like, they want to talk about themselves and they're like immediately, Oh, well, who do they know that had like right. diabetes? So that's, it's gotta be the same. And right. well, nine times out of 10, it's not, it's not. Okay. So fact 90 to 95% of people with diabetes have type two diabetes. So most of the people that you know that have diabetes have type two diabetes we're totally in the minority, which is fine, but it's just so different that I think acknowledging the differences is huge. So it's like people want to relate, but it is hard. It, it's hard to relate. It's hard to relate. Um, I think diabetes burnout is like a very real thing. And I did not hear that term until I was an adult. So I'd probably had diabetes for 15 years before I even knew that that was a thing. And so like diabetes burnout is when you basically get sick of dealing with a chronic condition to the point where you like ignore it or decide that you don't want to take care of it as well or as much as you had previously or as you should. Um, and that's like totally a thing. And I think that's one of the things that people don't get about diabetes that we've been talking about is like, it's a 24 seven thing. And when you get frustrated with it, you don't get to take the time off. Like there's no right. mental break. And I know in the past, like I've quote unquote quit diabetes before, you know, like I've been like, not dealing with this right, today. Screw this. I'm not yeah. doing it. Or like, cause I have a, I wear an insulin pump. It has tubing. So it's like a little tube that then's basically connected to like an IV connection. So I have like what looks like a beeper and then it's a tube and then it goes into my body but because it has a tube, it like gets caught on stuff. So like I've had it caught on a doorknob before and it rips out and it's the most jarring experience. It's horrible. Like the, the infusion sets that I use to put in. So sorry, we're going to, I keep having to take a step (laughs) back to be like, Oh, all these people without diabetes are just going to be listening to me rant about stuff (laughs) that I haven't explained. So the infusion set is the part that's inserted into my body. They're expensive. When it gets ripped out of my body, I don't get to put that one back in. I have to open up a new one. They only last three days. So when it gets ripped out, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid. But with a good diabetes 101 fact. (laughs) People often ask, like, so do you take that off to shower and then you put it back on? Nope. Nope. Doesn't work like that. Nope. That's in me. That's (laughs) in my body. Um, Yeah. So then it's like, I have to replace this. I'm irritated. It hurts. Like, it's annoying. So like I've had that happen before and I go, I'm not going to put my pump back on and it's so irresponsible. It's completely bad for you. Like you shouldn't go hours without insulin, but sometimes you're just like, I just can't, like, I just can't with this disease right now. Mm -hmm. And so you wind up taking a short term break that has really negative long-term consequences (laughs) and then you feel worse about it, you know? So it's like this cycle of, yeah, you never feel like, I'm glad I did that. Hey, (laughs) no, you never feel good about it. Oh my God. Yeah. So diabetes burnout. It was so nice not wearing that pump for three hours. Now my blood sugar is 372. Right. And I feel awful. Cool. Good, (laughs) good choice. (laughs) Yeah. And people with diabetes are more likely to have depression. Mm -hmm. Like, because, and I think this is probably true of all chronic conditions. I just Excuse me. don't know that much about other chronic conditions. Um, but it's this mental toll that just 
is always with you. And so mental health is a big thing in the diabetes community. And I feel like I didn't talk about diabetes for a long time. It was just very much like under the surface. I never wore my devices out really. Like I, I was always open about diabetes, but like I don't wear my devices on my arms. So I didn't have strangers coming up to me. It was just something that I just like kind of pushed to the side and mm -hmm. my control wasn't that great. And I didn't talk about it that much. And then through like becoming more involved in like the healthcare industry and talking to you and starting this podcast, it's like all of a sudden I'm talking about it more, which I think is really good, but it's also taxing too to always, because yeah. it's like, it's always there anyway. And now right. I'm being more upfront about it and more acknowledging like my frustrations and like the fact that this is annoying and it upsets me. <laughs> yep. So... Yeah, I think, um, like, that's also the whole thing with, like, social media and developing my presence on Instagram with the type 1 diabetes community. It's been life-changing, honestly. Like, I've made connections with people who I've legitimately met up with in real life, and we've hung out, and I've sent people supplies. I see people looking to help people all the time, and people are, like, really encouraging and great, and it's awesome but it's also kind of like this too. It's like sometimes scrolling through and looking at all the type one diabetes and all the stuff that comes with it when it's like all that's on your mind anyway. Right. Sometimes it's just type one overload. Sometimes, right. Sometimes you do just want to yeah. not think about it. Like just, just scroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which will never happen because we never can just not think about it. But right. I think the mental health thing is definitely something that we'll kind of have a separate episode on for sure. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, another little pet peeve that I just thought of is when people will be like, I read an article on the news that they're about to cure <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> With cinnamon. Yeah. <laughs> or, or or even with legitimate yeah. things. But it's like, no, I know. the cure is going to be five years from now. It just has to get through the FDA. They figured it out five years. I'm like, I got diabetes in 1998, and it was five years ago then. And like there were people who were mm -hmm. diagnosed in 1970, and it was five years ago then. Right. Or five years away then. So it's exciting to hear about the potential for it. But there have been a lot of scientists and a lot of people working in technology who have been working on a cure, and it's complicated. Right. Like, so can you just get a new pancreas? If, I, if someone without diabetes just gave you their pancreas, would that work? <laughs> I've actually met some people that have gotten pancreas transplants, and they were not type 1 diabetic, and then in, like, X amount of years, it came back. Right. Because it's autoimmune and still your body and your body's still going to attack those cells that they think is like a foreign virus that's going to attack them. Exactly. So it was, it was really interesting. I taught, it was an older guy too that I talked to. And like, it's also really interesting too. Like in order to get a pancreas transplant, you have to like be like taking really horrible care of yourself. So, so like, <laughs> that's like the opposite of all other so organ like transplants. So is, so is it a benefit or it's a consequence? Um, I, I, I don't understand that process very well. And I, I've only talked to two people, but, um, it that, sounded like they were in horrible, horrible shape and condition. Right. And that's why they got it. The transplant, it was like a last resort. But then they got just 
got diabetes again. Then they got diabetes again. Right. Yeah. Well, so that's what I've always heard is like you can't just transplant a pancreas because your body's going to do the same thing. It's identified mm-hmm. the beta cells as the enemy. And so it's like futile. Still going to attack. Right. Exactly. I'm like very interested that you actually met people who uh, had yeah. that happen. That's so, that's very cool. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, they, they do do that. Right. Like, like I had always heard that they did do that. <laughs> like, and it was a very interesting conversation because like, yeah, I lived without type one for like 32 years and then I got it back. I, th- I think he got the transplant when he was like in his twenties and he had to have been in his fifties when we had the conversation, but well, damn, I would take 32 years without it. I thought it was like, <laughs> no, immediate. But, but like, <laughs> wouldn't it be so weird to live without it now in a way? Like, I feel like I, I wouldn't like trust it. Like, I feel like in the, at least in the beginning, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, of course I don't remember the name, but it was Lucy Hale, the girl from pretty little liars. And oh, yeah. she had cancer and she was like, Die, like she was going to die and the first episode is like she'd lived her life for so long with cancer they were like planning her funeral and then they did some kind of treatment and like she was cured and she was living her life a certain way for so long thinking that she was going to die to find out that she's not going to die and then everything changes granted not saying where in we're living our lives like we're gonna like die tomorrow it's but not necessarily an immediate right. death situation it's just a maybe immediate death situation but i feel like if someone was like oh yep i'm gonna give you this treatment and you'll be cured i'd be like are you sure right <laughs> like you'd probably still test i'm like right? no i need to like check my blood sugar and, and make make sure that like that's accurate right I actually I had a conversation with someone who was diagnosed later in life, like in her forties recently, and we were ta- talking about like before and after diabetes, and I was like, I don't even remember before diabetes. You know, like yeah, I don't either. Before diabetes is like not even a thing in my head. Like you're right, I don't think I could ever get out of it or like not carb count or not be worried about going to bed at a, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm sure I would adjust the way I adjusted to diabetes, but it, it's such a foreign concept. So when people say, Oh yeah, I heard that like they figured out a cure. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I bet you <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll pay you 20 bucks when I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll believe it when I see it. Exactly. And it's just like, you can't get your hopes up. Right. Like, time after time, there's been a million different supposed cures that they've figured out. And I'm sure they're, there's merit in all of them and there's potential in all of them and they're going to work their way through. But exactly. Once it's on the market, then I'll be excited. Right. <laughs> I'm not and and how much now. is it going to cost? Because maybe I'll probably just live my life the way that I am <laughs> because it'll be way too expensive. Yeah, seriously. Um, another thing, I'm not trying to be super negative. I'm just trying to be helpful and like what, is annoying to me. Um, so don't do this. Is <laughs> <laughs> just people know that it's like a sugar related or like a carb related disease. So just like commenting on what I'm eating. And this is half brought on by myself because I've done things like the keto diet. And I've said before, like, oh, I'm not eating carbs. Like, you know, at a work event, turning down cake because I'm not eating carbs. And then someone will see me eating candy and be like, well, can't you not have that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, some days I can and some days I can't. Some days I shouldn't and do anyway. And like if you're on a diet because you want to lose weight, like I wouldn't be making these comments to you. So like 
Don't right. make them to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've definitely experienced that too. At like holiday parties with family and even like at work when people bring in stuff for someone's birthday or people get stuff in the morning. They're like, ooh, sorry, Jolene. I'm like, sorry about what? <laughs> like, it's, it's food. I can eat it if I want it. Right. And I can choose not to eat it if I don't want it. Right. So no apology necessary. I can dose for it, but maybe today I don't want to. Or right. maybe I shouldn't be eating it, but I'm deciding to dose for it. And I can do that too. Yes. So don't comment on what we eat. <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> Never talk about food unless you want to tell me how good it is. Especially if we're low. I know. Oh my gosh. I guess that's another diabetes one-on-one thing is when I am low, I am a hangry monster. And Ravenous. nothing will fix me until I have eaten whatever the fuck I want to eat. <laughs> um, I, I have one more pet peeve. Oh, yes. Unless you, do you want, do you have a pet peeve you want to bring up? Um, I, I did with the whole, like the device comments like okay smoking and all that um i mean I, i'm sure i could think of more and i'm sure i can elaborate on whatever <laughs> you have to say <laughs> i haven't heard this one in a while but uh like ooh needles like i couldn't do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like yeah no when i got diabetes i didn't like needles either but it's like you're choosing death or needles Ooh, doesn't that hurt uh, i'll take needles i mean <laughs> don't sell yourself short that if given a life or death situation, you could not do it because you could. And I feel like it just reinforces this, like it couldn't happen to you situation. And it's like, we all thought it couldn't happen to us. Mm -hmm. None of us thought that it would happen to us. And then it did. And you have to learn how to deal with it. Like that's life, you know? And I got that a lot more when I was first diagnosed as a kid. I think. Yeah, me too. Also. Um, But you could do it and you would do it. Right. Yeah. And and we would talk to you about it, and we would support you. Like that's what's been amazing about you. the Type One community is like there's so much um, support and like relating to each other and like bouncing ideas off each other and figuring stuff out because we're all kind of like in it together and we have this unique connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever I see someone with a device, I'm like beelining it over to them. And like, I want to know everything about your diabetes life and I want to be your best friend. Right. So, So, um, if you do have type one diabetes and you just listened to our basics episode, (laughs) which I'm sure you knew all of this stuff already. Um, I mean, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. This is like why we're talking about this stuff. If you don't have type 1 diabetes and you still have questions or you think that we are being ridiculous in some of our <laughs> things that are annoying to us, we also want to hear from you because we'd love to talk about it because yeah. we love talking about diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. So uh, friends and family, text, call, email, people um, non-type 1 or type 1 listening. I am on Instagram, which... I believe it's on the intro. Oh, yeah. It's on the the outro. On the outro. Perfect. (laughs) So I don't even need to say it. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We really appreciate all of the kind words that everyone has been sending us about the podcast. I know. This has been, we've gotten amazing support and and, um, response, and we really appreciate it. And we love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, feel free to connect with us on social media. 
You can email any feedback or topic ideas to justbetus at gmail.com. That's J-U-S-T-B-E-T-E-S at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at Just Beat Us or follow Jalene's T1 Journey at at Jalene T1D at J-I-L-L-E-E-N T1D.